0: buddy and welcome to another episode of the Conversation of Our generation. My name is Nick Jamel, and I am your host of the podcast here. I'm the founder of the Conversation of Our generation, the main author and editor of the blog there and I basically do everything for this place, <laughs> but it's kind of like my baby but uh I'm gonna be talking to you today about some interesting ideas I'm gonna be really diving in on the idea uh That I'm really trying to wrestle with right now about the goodness of God whether we can assume whether we can logically deduce whether or not God is good I guess and then uh because I believe that I take that on faith as a Catholic um and as a Christian but I think that that's something that we Christians take for granted and it's something that recently when I got into a debate with Vin Armani that I realized that that is something that I'm taking on faith and um I'm going to try to work through and see if I can find an argument in favor of that. And um, and then also we're going to have our quote of the day, which is going to be falling right in line with that. It's uh, one that really, I think, struck me and gave me my reasoning for this. Uh, it's by St. Augustine from his Confessions. And then lastly, I'm going to... Get started with a couple of announcements here. I just want to let you know you can find me on facebookcom Conversation of Our Generation, Twitter, I'm on there at Con of Our uh, Mines, I haven't posted anything in there in a while, but I'm on there, Conversation of Our Generation, and Steam it at Jamel. I definitely just don't log in there, but there is stuff there. You can interact with some of the stuff on my blog there. Um, or you can just go to the blog, Conversation of Our Generation.com, and when you're there, if you want to. You know, help me out. You can go to my Amazon affiliates page, use the Amazon affiliate link, and if you shop through there, you uh, you help me out. You you know, I get paid for just you shopping on Amazon, and I got some book reviews there. And like I said, I am going to do more of them. I just it's been crazy, the vacation and everything, working with a little bit of the We Do Better, working two jobs, doing this. It's been tough, but I'm going to get around. I'm going to get that knocked out for you guys here soon. Um, and before I get in, uh, I got one more quick announcement for you too. Hey guys, before I get back into the main part of the content for this show, I'd like to just take a minute and talk to you a little bit about We Do Better and what I'm, the work that I'm doing with them right now. And basically what it is, is it's just a chance for people to get together, we the people and show that there, we have solutions out there that are better for providing for human needs than government, you know, proposed solutions as well. It's not an alternative. It's, it's, it's better solutions that are out there. And there's examples all over the place. If you go to, uh, the, we do better pay, we do better.org. And you go to those who do better. There's a list there of, you know, of charities that are certified to be doing better than the, uh, than the government, uh, is in those situations. And, and there's just a lot of plays. If you look at waste, fraud, and abuse by government. If you look at the fact that you know a charity is normally eighty to ninety percent efficient in getting the funds to the people who need it or the resources for the people who need it, whereas the government is about the flip flop. It's about eighty percent to ninety percent of overhead. You know, it's it feels like almost every penny goes into some bureaucrat's pocket instead of into the hands of those who are in need. And so there's people out there who are doing better, and that's what this whole organization is about. If you want to get involved, or if you want to help out, you can go to WeDoBetter.org and see what they have going on there, and talk to Dan about maybe starting your own chapter of We Do Better, or or your you know your own portion in your own town, your own county, your own state, whatever you would like, and maybe talk to him about that. Or if you want to get involved with what I'm doing, I have We Do Better Indianapolis in its uh, Facebook page is all I have up, right? Or you can go to We Do Better and he can get you in contact with me there. You can go to the blog as well. Um, I've told you where to reach me there, but you can go to conversationforgeneration.com and message me, or you can go to the facebook.com slash Indianapolis and contact me there and I'd be glad to get you involved in what I have going on, what we have going on with uh, wedobetter.org and Thank you guys for listening and I'll let you get back to the rest of the rest of the show. And so for the quote of the day uh, it's a passage in St. Augustine's Confessions it's um, book 7 and like chapter 3 in it and what he says is he's he's trying to understand um, evil and goodness and how God can under or allow evil to happen and and um, if he's if he is a good god then how does that happen and and how you know and really do we know that God is good and he, he's kind of saying you know I I found that out for myself but um he's he just talks about it here he, he really talks to God in this and it's really interesting to hear it, the way he words things so if you're looking for a good read it is a good it is a good one and he says um Basically, he, I'll tell you what he says leading up to this is that uh, we do evil because of our own will or our own free will is what he's always heard. And he wasn't sure about that. So he he kind of kept trying to think about it. And he says, finally, he realized that, you know, he has a will. He has, you know, the will to do things. And when he chooses to do something, it's he's sure that it's him. So if he chooses to do good, he's sure that he's the one choosing good. And when it's choosing to do bad, then he's the one he's sure that it's him who's doing that as well and so uh basically he said that if god is just then if he does evil you know he will get what he deserves for that and vice and if he does good he'll get what he deserves for doing that and so basically god allows those things both to happen and then in his sense of cosmic justice he you know his his punishments not be unjust is as where he leaves this off and he leads in he says uh But then I would ask myself once more, who made me? Surely it was my God, who is not only good, but goodness itself. How then do I I come to possess a will that can choose to do wrong and refuse to do good, thereby providing a just reason why I should be punished? Who would put this will into me? Who sowed this seed of bitterness in me? When all that I am was made by my God, who is sweetness itself, if it was the devil who put it there who made the devil if he was a good angel who became a devil because of his own wicked will how did he come to possess the wicked will which made him a devil when the creator who is entirely good made him a good angel and nothing else and and then he says these are the thoughts that swept him back away from god because he couldn't reconcile them and and he goes on to speak more about this in the next couple chapters but um that's where I, I it really struck me is, and it's what is gonna kind of inspired me to make this episode is he says that uh, Shirley was my God Shirley was my God who is not only good but goodness itself. And that to me is the approach that I take is that when whenever there's you know something that is an ideal worth aiming toward. Um, justice mercy love goodness you know wisdom truth uh, beauty all those things you know those are the things that God is and we see almost the shadow of the result of that but all of that is the ideal of each one of those things is God and everything that is um one of those things or has the characteristics of one of those things I should say is something that points you towards the ideal, right? It is learning things that are true that points you towards the ultimate truth. It is and that's something that I'm kind of working on in my essay. That's another thing that I kind of got that I felt like I needed to bring out as well from this. And then, you know, it is in delivering you know, good justice that, you know you move towards the ultimate justice and it is by being merciful that you know in small things that you can you know become more like the ultimate mercy which is you know the redemption of jesus on the cross that kind of thing and and so that's how i look at it is i don't look at god is good from uh from the other way around and that you know he does good things therefore he is good it is you know really that god is the ultimate good god is goodness itself and there is no such thing as good in the universe without him uh making it so and creating things that are good and the other thing is he says you know and this is something i think jordan peterson uh talks about is that creation itself is good the fact that there is things or that there is a cosmos that the fact that things have there was a creation is a good thing because well i think you have to argue it (laughs) but i think that you know it says so in the bible that you know god looked at his creation and he saw that it was good and and that doesn't mean that you know When he looks at his creation and saw that it was good, it doesn't mean that, you know, uh, like, you know, like when a carpenter builds a table, for instance, and he checks it out and it works. Like, that's not what he meant. They meant that it's a it's good that it exists. And because it allows. I mean, any I think it's good to allow consciousness to come into being and be able to interact with the physical cosmos in order to create a new experience um for the consciousness that it can take into the divine uh the, you know that afterlife that it has that and it has to choose that afterlife and i i i think that that is that is a uh, good but uh he also goes on to talk a little bit about you know the devil and the devil's you know was created as a good angel who became the devil because of his own will and I think that's another one that is confusing for people but the idea there is that um angels also have free will and they're allowed to choose God or not They're, they're not forced to choose the him any more than humans are it's you know i would argue it's a little bit easier for a uh for an angel if you're in communion with god and you you know you never see the physical existence and you you know you live with god then well i mean you obviously i guess you see it in that you know in that sense that you know we don't get but it to me would seem impossible almost to turn away from him but that's that's also the characteristic of Satan is that the idea isn't that he turned away because you know it was uh, imp- you know it was possible to refuse God because of his majesty it was that he thought he could do better than God right he was he had the belief that he could usurp God and take His power away from Him, you know, and beat Him, and and that's a natural inc- uh, natural inclination, I think, in all of us that we can beat, you know, because God God the the thing that He was trying to beat in God is the all-powerful, eternal, you know, omniscient being that created the universe is what is what we define God as. And when you try to usurp that power, when you're not those things, then it, that's what evil is is because you don't see the entirety of you know time happening at once. You don't exist outside of time. you don't have that uh, way of looking at the world that God has as as his creation because he is a spiritual being who does not enter into time and space. And I mean, he I I believe he does it, Jesus Christ, but you know, God, the father does not have that same characteristic that even the angels have that uh, theoretically that they do live within, you know, some other space than God, but it's still in communion with him. And, and so that's a different, so it's so it's different to say that, and it's a, it's a natural inclination, I guess, that we all have to to want to usurp God and say that it's our will. And I think that one evidence for the fact that we uh, we we don't have the will to be good as God is um, is that whenever we try to enforce man's will what happens is is you know just bad I mean if you look at what happened in the 20th century but that I mean that's terrible but if you look at it in smaller things and and when, when we like let's look at a market for instance and this is going to be an interesting uh, analogy here I hope but I think it'll work and A free market is something that uses the function of people acting within their best self interest and cooperating and competing and all those things, right? Whichever one's best at the time in order to put themselves ahead in life, but they can't do so at the, at another person's expense. They really have to, if it's a truly free market, You really can't go around screwing people over for long because someone else will find a better way to add value without screwing people over and kick you out of business. So it incentivizes everyone to compete by acting in their neighbor's best interest in order to provide value for them in order to serve their own best interest. That's how a free market should work. But when we, when we put in controls on different things, when, you know, you have regulation You know come in play or taxes and all these other things that you know affect a market It always makes the market less uh, Effective it always throws the market out of whack it always, you know, it always backfires (laughs) and the reason is is because a truly free market is Fully in line with natural law because it is fully in line with human nature and the way we would like to interact with each other in an economic financial way i mean it's really just all of economics if you look at free market economics is a discovery a continual discovery of how people interact with each other um how we you know how how can we um describe our interactions even like i mean like you know uh the nash equilibrium like game theory and stuff like that is something that is Truly incredible that you can't actually rig the system, even because the best way to be in the system is through an honest equilibrium. <laughs> you can't screw someone else because you're going to uh, end up screwing yourself. Generally, if you do those kinds of things, you know. So, and, and it's not sustainable. And as soon as you you could get rid of a competitor by doing that, but all that would happen is a new competitor would rise up, and I thought that I think that that's interesting because it's it's what I kind of look at God is is it is it is the logos that gives that that gives law and order to the universe, um, or I, I shouldn't say law really, but like the natural law, you know, that order uh, to the universe, and and uh, what. He is though, is he is the ideal that is instilled in that order that there is a perfect truth, there is a perfect goodness, there's perfect wisdom, all those things, and we can never attain them. We can't have perfect wisdom because we can't know all the wisdom from all time because some of it's been lost. You won't have the you know some of it's lived experience, and you can't live all those experiences. You know you can't have perfect wisdom in your lifetime, but you can get there by reading and trying to understand and you know, using empathy to put yourself in other people's shoes when you're trying to gain their wisdom so you can get closer and closer. And in that direction is pointing you towards God because God is the ideal. And when it comes to goodness, there is what, what goodness is. And this is something I think that we have to look at in a different light. and. If you look at the definition of the adjective of good, which, so when I say God is good, that's giving him the, I'm describing it, I'm using an adjective in that point. And what the adjective is, what it means is that it is to be desired or approved of. And I think that that is a different way of looking at it other than, you know, what he wills is good. He is good because he is something to be desired something for us to approve of in our lives. And furthermore, um, it says, you know, a a noun, you know, that it is that which is morally right or righteous. And this is where I think that we have the issue come in play. Because now we are not necessarily saying that... That God is something worth being sought, which I think that, you know, is if you're talking about God is the ideal and that's how I look at it. I mean, that's what I think, you know, that's I think that's the proper way of looking at it is that each thing that we strive to understand in the universe and encode that we consider to be you know, the moral path that the universe seems to be laid out, seems to have laid out for us to take, you know, if you gain wisdom, if you tell the truth, if you, you know, act honorably, if you are righteous, if you, um, you know, if you have all those things, if you are just and merciful, right, then you are obviously walking in line with the natural law that's laid out for you. So that Because you're successful. You see the fruits of that in everybody. Now, not everyone has does all those things and becomes Bill Gates, sure. But you move in the correct direction to the level of your ability and the level that you follow that as well. And and so that, to me, says that there is an order laid out in the universe that it is beneficial to seek the ideal, right? And so if you take that definition, the, you know, the adjective, the adjectives definition that it is to be desired or approved of, then God is something to be desired because God is the ideal of all the things that <clears throat> are instilled in the natural law of the universe to be beneficial, right, to us. So it's, it's good to seek the truth. It's good to seek wisdom. It's good to seek righteousness, right? All those things are good to seek. And those are all the things that God is. God is righteousness. And also God is righteous. God is, you know, true God is the truth. You know, Jesus says so. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, I mean, talk about even like speaking like ethically, you know, the way, the idea of the Taoist, the way, or even Christianity, the way that there is an ethical mode of acting that is good for everyone else around you basically and yourself that is good to seek because it has it creates you know the noun it creates good in your life it creates thing it is it creates a world around you that is morally right and righteous and so <clears throat> the the I think that when you try to say that God is morally right and righteous, what Ven Armani where he corrected me or where he you know pushed back against me, I guess I would say is that you know you can't ascribe that atten- it, uh, that intention but I still think that you can say that God is uh, good in the sense of an adjective I can I think I can prove that. The other one, the other way that you can look at it is if, uh, if God is, if the result of seeking God is righteousness and, you know, good is, you know, you create a world around you that is good, you know, then that's where I think you have to deduce whether or not God is, you know, has the good intentions to do that. Um, and that's something that we can't fully understand because we can't, I think you can look at it and take that leap of faith pretty easily. Um, but I'm willing to admit that that's somewhat of a leap of faith that God wants good. And the problem, I think, he, he the, the one thing that he says is that, that he, Van said is, you know, doing that, taking that, uh, or, you know, ascribing intention, he says, uh, here, I'll read his tweet for you. I would say the biggest drawback to ascribing good intentions to the creator is that since we what is considered good changes over time, ascribing intentions necessarily puts limits on a spiritual evolution. Uh, ascribing intention creates orthodoxy, and I understand where he's coming from on that, but um, I think that if you look at it as god is the ideal and the closer we get to the ideal you know then you don't have to worry about the orthodoxy because you are seeking you recognize that you're seeking the ideal and that that's going to be um a movement over time and then finally you know if the way i look at it like i said god is goodness itself the definition of goodness it says uh the quality of being good in particular. So, the, it, you know, it has, you know, it could be virtual or moral excellence, right? Um, but um, that to me shows the idea that the ultimate quality of being good is what God is, right? And, and we're trying to uncover that in our own lives and do what we can to replicate that as best we can in our own lives but we do not really have a way of achieving that necessarily in our own lives so that doesn't count against us in the sense that you know since we can never fully achieve that that we're failing but it's that direction it's moving towards that it's you know I think it's something that you can see throughout history and especially looking at the Bible that, you know, man's laws have become more and more refined to the point that, you know, plenty of our laws are so trivial that you can't even, um, you can't even think why they would be necessary. But, and, but there are some that are, I think, you know, important laws to live by in your life, whether or not, you know, I mean, you guys know where I stand politically, so I'm not going to get into that, but, you know, obviously, it's not okay to, you know, kill your kid for him acting up in a store. Like, that's not an okay thing to do, but that's something that, as time came along, the Bible had to start preventing that, like, there's laws in the books in the Bible for that. There's laws, you know, that have come up over time and have evolved, and, Like, right now, we would think that anything that um, makes slavery a better situation, or, you know, indentured servitude a better situation even, is bad. Like, it's archaic, but in a time when, you know, you could just kill your slaves well, saying, no, you can't just kill them. (laughs) You have to treat them well, at least, and this and that, because they are still... A person you know they still have some sort of uh level of you know um uh, respect due to them that was a revolutionary idea it's to say that you can't just keep your um your servants forever they have to at some point you have to allow them to choose to live with you or go out on their own i mean that's a pretty liberating thing and that's in the old testament like you, there's a I forget exactly the process, but if you go back and read Levitical law, especially on slaves and servants, there's a lot where, you know, you're able to, like, slaves are able to get their freedom or buy their freedom, and, like, you have to sell it to them if they can afford, like, if they can find ways to afford it, and and they get, I mean, and it's, I, I'm not sitting here trying to, like, condone it in any mo- by any means, but The slave, I will say this the slavery that's described in ancient Judaism is a much more humane slavery for the most part than what's what we know happened in America. Um, so to say that these, you know, these rules are archaic, well, you know, your great 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 grandparents, you know, or great 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 grandparents, you know, lived under a system that was, you know, more inhumane than the one in the Old Testament that we scoff at, and I think that that's a way, that's one thing that you can think of, you know, when you're, when we talk about this, moving towards the ideal that, you know, as you do so, as you move towards that ideal, the benefits of it are good, they are, adjectively, they are, you know, <clears throat> they are something that's ought to be desired, right? The results of working within natural law. And therefore, by doing so, you become good because you become righteous. Because if you are working within natural law, and then what you're doing is following the natural order of the universe. And if you do that correctly and you seek, you know, the things that ought to be sought then you become righteous because you are, um, following the path that is laid out that allows for you to succeed by helping others and creating success in others and ensuring that others are taken care of because that's the only way you can succeed truly in natural law. And... And succeed in whatever endeavor it is. I mean if it's to be creative and to make art to you know to run a business and provide for your family to be a be a priest or what you know and and preach to a congregation if you do any of those things Truly within what the natural order is and you humble yourself to that natural order which is You know what a lot of people would call like the will of god is Following your path that is laid out for you uh, or choosing to follow the straight narrow path that is in front of you that Falls within the order that God created in the universe basically like to me God's will is There is a path for you. That is ideal that brings you straight to God and If you follow that then you're set now, obviously we're all imperfect. So that's not gonna happen But that ideal path, that's, you know, that's the way, walking the way, you know, I am the way, the truth, the life. The Taoists are, you know, the way of righteousness, right? The Tao Te Ching. Um, That way is the physical embodiment of living the ideals in, in your lifetime, in time and space. But when we step outside of that, we can't really see the you know, you see a different set of goodness, I guess, than what you see in our, in, in your body, (laughs) what you can perceive with your body and your mind here in this life is not the same kind of goodness that you see in the eternal, because God's level of goodness is a far cry from ours. And so the way that I look at it is it's, Because the natural order is created in such a way that it is good for us to be good, right? It is it, If you are a good person, that is a good thing, right? You are rewarded. Um, it is something to be desired, to be good. and And that's something that's the natural order that's laid out by the creator. And because of that, the order that was created wills us to aim towards good okay the leap that I have trouble or the the next step that I can't figure out totally is if that is true does that make God good and and in the same sense because i believe it to be true you know i i do but when you walk through it and it seems to me that that is where i think you get to the stopping point because i don't think we can fully <clears throat> understand god uh especially not while we're here on earth i think that's something that you have to take on faith and by believing in that um i think we benefit very very greatly because then it's far easier to walk in that way it's far easier to follow what god has laid out for us instead of doing what we want to do instead, it's far easier to follow that natural order and understand that if you do so, you will have, you know, the greatest amount of good for the greatest amount of people that, you know, so, but when we, when we try to interfere with that natural order, when we try to put our controls on it, when we try to, you know, make it what we want it to be, then we walk away from the greatest amount of good for the greatest amount of people. And so when you have that faith, that's why I think, you know, it's important to have a little bit of faith in that is then it's easy to say, okay, well, if this is a system that's God, you know, that's God, that God has laid out for us, then I can trust that and I can work within that. And, and I'm willing to admit that that's something that's faith based. And, and I don't think it's something that's either that's also dogmatic either that I don't think that incentivizes us to um, believe in any uh, certain thing or any certain religion necessarily. If you just look at God as the ideal and you look at following that path towards the ideal as good um, and taking on faith that God created a universe And the creation is good, Um, although I think there's a possibility of proving that existence itself is good. Um, But I don't have time to go into that right now. (laughs) I think Jordan Peterson's done quite a bit on that, so listen to his lectures. But, um, I mean, the man talked for three hours on, you know, before he even started about what he's going to talk about in Genesis before he even read one word. So um, he's spoken a decent amount on this. And then the goodness though, it doesn't, it doesn't point you in any certain direction. It, it, what it does is it points you, it makes you orient your life if you believe that towards good, towards the things that are good, towards the things that we see when you act these ways or when you seek these things, it is beneficial for all. And so it's pragmatic, it's practical to um, take this on faith and then try to uncover it because here's the thing too is i think that over time you can uncover it um just as you can learn that the laws of nature you know make it much are it's much better for people to um act freely and have their own storages of wealth and etc and all these things for an economy than for you know the pharaoh to tax everybody to have enough wheat for, um, famine, right? Well, or have enough grain for the famine because it's obviously going to create much more incentive to produce. You're going to have much more bounty and you're going to have much more solutions in place. Um, you know, there's going to be people who are, you know, figuring out how to water their plants without, the Nile flooding this or fertilize their plants without the Nile flooding or this or that. Like maybe, I don't know. Right. Maybe some guy does discover that if you, you know, he, the most fertile places that in his lot are where his cows are pooping. And so he doesn't need the Nile anymore. And so he just goes around and, you know, trades a little bit of this and that for everyone's cow poop. And then he throws it on his field and his field kicks butt the next year. And he doesn't have to worry about that when the Nile doesn't flood or the Nile or they have a drought. Right. And And so he's able to take advantage of that natural order that's laid out for him when he doesn't have Pharaoh taking from him. And it's the same thing today. Like the more and more we move towards a freer world where people can use their abilities to, and their time and their individual resources to seek the ideals in their lives or the things that, you know, the ideals that they're impassioned by, then... You see much more goodness provided for everyone else and and a lot of it now is just in pure like comfort and an exploration of ideas and you know and creative work that is so beautiful today that you couldn't have had you know not that long ago really in the same way that we have it today and so I definitely definitely think that it is a worthwhile um thing to do you know is is worthwhile to take that on faith that god is good and trust in his creation that it is good and then in doing so discover what his creation is and how to use it to the advantage of most the most people instead of imposing our own will because i actually think that taking on faith that god is good is the perfect way to eliminate orthodoxy not create it because you don't have the as long as you don't have someone dictating god's will and people believing that you know you know that they know exactly what god this person knows exactly what god's will is and now that that's a different thing than you have you know jim jones and things like that happening and what's what's that new um, cult movie or not movie series on netflix like wild wild ones or something like that about the about like osho and What are they called? I forget what they're called. The Raj... The Raj... The I don't remember what they're called. But, um... But those... But, like, those kinds of people are the ones who trick you into that. Whereas, truly, if you have people who um... are seeking God and who are doing that themselves, you have almost, like, a sage-like person. You have a... You have... You get, you know, the Apostle Paul. You get, um, you know, you get the gurus of Hinduism. You know, you get the, you get the Bhagavad Gita's the Psalms. The those are the things that are truly, you know, the Book of Wisdom. You know, all those things are the true ways of trying to understand God and and sharing that. Then you you, you cuz you don't it does i don't think it creates orthodoxy to take that on faith i think it prevents it because when you take that on faith then now when i know that god is good and that his will for us is that us that we are good then i just have to be i don't have to listen to your orthodoxy then because when i have that faith when i have that truth and that's what you know jesus really brought is no god is god is not this hellfire and brimstone god god is a good god and you can each find him in your own life you know you can seek him for yourself and we can you know understand this together we can you know go back and forth and teach each other about god and about all these things that you know wisdom truth etc and we can do that in an open and really good way and and that to me actually tears down orthodoxy rather than building it up because when you have a religion that doesn't have that faith that it is the structure of man that is dominant in the religion not god's natural law then what you get is man dictating what they think God would want, or what God should want, or all those things instead, and to me, that's when you get into the dangerous levels of orthodoxy. Now, I think there's good things in orthodoxy, too. I think it's good to have an orthodoxy that is bad to kill, bad to rape people. I think those are good orthodoxies to have, so I think that there's also a level of, you know. You can't just push back against something because it's orthodoxy too. <laughs> you have to really examine it and understand, you know, what it is and why it is there, and then you can push back, you know, and if you have, you know, a logical argument against it. But there's definitely some orthodoxies that are uh, well worth having. <laughs> let's just say. So that's another thing. But I think that dangerous level where you have Religious leaders political leaders, you know Harboring power of influence over others and this is something Ben talked about that. I really liked because I think this is something that Gets lost a lot in power and the idea of power is That When you have that dangerous level where they're getting people to do bad things in the name of their orthodoxy well, then you have people who are actually acting against that natural order, that which is good, because it is something that ought to be sought, the natural order. And because of that, you are getting bad. And I think one thing that, in a, uh, you know, that you could have for Saint Augustine is it is by submitting yourself to that what I like to call God's will as a Catholic, you know. But you could even call it the order that he's laid out for you, you, that natural law, whatever you want to call it. Submitting to that is, you know, using your free will for good. When you go against that, when you push back against that, you're going to have that cosmic justice because the universe isn't set up for you to push back against it. It's set up for you to flow with it, to to move in the way that, you know, the cosmos is telling you to do that's why i mean that's why you get gut feelings that's why you have so many signals i think in your life every day that tell you where you ought to go and if you pay attention if you're mindful and you listen to those then you'll end up where you want to be every day every single day that i pray like i mean i wake up i get in my car in the morning and i leave the radio off i say thank you god for today thank you for what the good things that happened yesterday, you know this. Is, this was fun. I accomplished this. I did that, yada yada yada. I thank God, and then I say, God, show me who are the people in my life that are going to give me wisdom, that are going to make me a better person, and point me towards them. Give me, bring people into my life, into my you know, into my community, into my my network, I guess whatever you want to call it, that are going to push me towards you, that are going to make me seek you, whether in... Both by teaching me about you directly, or by um, by showing me that by showing me what's false, and maybe in their own lives and the way they act, uh, that's a possibility. Or maybe it's you know by teaching me through their misactions in the past that they can show me the light, right? But I ask for that, and because I think that it's important to constantly be on the lookout and submitting yourself to what that is, whatever it is that God wants for you, which I think on faith, right? Take this on faith. I think that God wants good for us. And so when I submit myself to that, then I submit myself to the order of the universe. And now full disclosure, I think that's a thing that I take on faith and it's a practical application of that, sure. But it sure is how it works. It's been fantastic for me over these last, you know, I I, I think I've been doing it for f- several months now, and the benefits that I see in my life from it are incredible. I mean, I have a brand new job uh, that I love, you know, that invigorates me, that I'm passionate about, and I'll probably talk a little bit more about that in the future here. Um, I have exciting news. I got engaged last week, you know, I mean, I so that's amazing. I mean, I, I don't have words to put to that. I have fantastic friends. I have a fantastic family. Um, I live in a new home that I own myself that, you know, I think was a blessing to find and what I got for it and all these amazing things. And ever since I've been submitting myself and doing that, you know, it, it, uh, it's grown and grown and snowballed. And I'm looking here and I see all the tremendous opportunity that comes around. And it's not long after I started praying this, that I have been hitting me up on Twitter and listening to the podcast and critic- you know, giving me honest criticism and good stuff. Like, you know, Hey, you know, this is, you know, I don't just, dis- or like, you know, like what I was just telling you about today on Twitter, like reading those tweets, uh, you know, making me rethink my ideas. That to me is, just an incredible result of this. And so when it comes down to it, sure, I take the fact, take the idea that God is good on faith. Okay. But the other thing is, is that by doing so, uh, I give I live a life that is, that ought to be sought. So, you know, maybe the results that come from it, the fruits that come from it are the proofs of it in itself that when you, when you do take that faith, leave of faith, right? Then you submit yourself to the universe and you start acting in ways that are good, that are righteous, right? You, you act those, that noun of good out because you're doing the things that are upright and righteous in order to live your life. And then your results are a life that is something that is to be desired, that ought to be sought, and so if that's your end result is that by doing so you live a life that ought to be sought, I think that you could make a case that the fruits of pragmatism in this are a proof of the truth, the idea that God is good and that you know, his will is good because if you submit to that, then you live a good life (laughs) and, and you don't have to do so in every way, but you have to do so in the major ways, right? I mean, I think that there's obviously plenty of good men, you know, and women, but that have major vices. I mean, if you look at, you know, uh, here, I'll tell you the quote on the back of my book by St. Augustine is, uh, As a youth, I had prayed to you for chastity and said, give me chastity and continence, but not yet. Right? (laughs) He was not a chaste man. He had a lot of trouble with that his whole life. But it didn't make him not an incredibly wise and thoughtful man. And, you know, eventually he turned to to the religious life and he got away from it, I think, and beat it. I don't know if he beat it necessarily, but he, you know... He stopped acting in that way, at least. So I guess you could say that. And, you know, there's, I know people who are alcoholics who have beaten that or are still f- wrestling with it every day. You know, those are things that you do have to do, but you can still choose to submit to that will. And when you do so, I think you find the thing that ought to be desired. And so with that, I'd like to thank you guys to listen for listening again to another episode of the conversation of our generation. Um, it's pretty crazy. I've been doing this, you know, weekly show for a little while and it's been getting better. I think time after time. So if you want to help me out, um, if you want to, you know, get on and talk to me about some of these ideas, debate me, push back, add on whatever you want to do, email me, hit me up on Facebook messenger, hit me up, direct message me on Twitter. Um, I try to be as responsive as possible. I I work two jobs and everything, so I'll get back to you as soon as I can, and we can try to set something up to talk. Uh, If you want to write a blog, same thing. Hit me up any of those places, or email me, uh, nicholasjamel at gmail.com. You can email me there and give me any insights that you want uh, to put forward, and I'd love to hear them. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say and really get the conversation going. Uh, And finally... You can also, I'll just tell you again, you can find me on Facebook.com slash conversation generation. The blog is com. Twitter, I'm on there, at Con of Our Gen. And with that, guys, I'm going to close out the show. Thank you again for listening. Please share the show, like it, share it, send it to somebody, make them listen to it. Subscribe to my uh, podcast on iTunes. That helps me out a ton, getting that. Um, following there because then I you know move to the top the more if I have a thousand subscribers and people type in conversation it's going to show up a lot sooner than if I have five so go subscribe and you can listen to my podcast wherever the heck else you want but if you listen to these subscribe there so it helps me out and grow in the show as well and thank you again for listening and let's get the conversation of our generation going let's get the dialogue going have a good week